All right, everybody, welcome back to season three, episode five of the Building Lifelong Athletes podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Reineke. Thanks so much for stopping by. I really appreciate it. Today, we're talking all about steroid injections. This is our most common injection. It's the oldest type of injection. It's done all the time, but the million dollar question is, should we be doing it that much? Well, let's dive in today. First, let's talk about the mechanism, right? So this is a strong anti-inflammatory and immunosuppressive agent. Obviously, the doses we're giving at and the main effect, we're not trying to have immunosuppression, but you will have some of that that goes on with injection. What the steroid does is it acts on the nuclear steroid receptor, so it goes into the cell, right? Incorporates kind of into the DNA process, making proteins, and essentially it produces things that inhibit inflammation and your immune response. So essentially, you are going to decrease the inflammation and immune cascades. It does this by reducing vascular permeability, inhibits the accumulation of inflammatory cells and mediators, things like prostaglandins, leukotrienes, it kind of inhibits all those. And like I said before, this is really strong. So what we're doing is kind of just dropping a grenade in to calm things down, meaning a huge amount of things are taken out right you can't really specify hey when i drop a grenade i just want this one thing it's like no anything in the radius is going to take it out and that's kind of how i think about it with steroids it's a little you know a little not quite the same but that's kind of how i think about it and I kind of think about it also as like shutting off the water main if there's a problem. So, you know, if you're having a problem with your plumbing, you shut off the water main, everything's going to get shut down. That doesn't mean you're necessarily fixing the problem, but it's going to probably help temporarily this, this situation that you're kind of in. So some big side effects we talk about steroids. The first thing we talk about all the time, like we talked about in episode three, is chondrotoxicity. So we worry that steroids might have a chondrotoxic effect, meaning that it's bad for your cartilage. Obviously, we care a lot about that, so we want to be careful and, and be judicious to that, but we'll talk all about that later. Another thing that can happen is something called avascular necrosis, which is essentially killing off of the bone cells, and when you have a steroid injection, this can happen to that area. Specifically, we see this in the hip more likely than not, and that's the area that's most most likely to have it. I said it is rare, um, but it's possible, and it increases the more you do it. So if you do lots and lots of repeat injections, you have a higher risk there. Obviously, anytime we inject into a joint, there's always a risk for infection, but with a steroid, you know, that's what we always worry about in terms of we're having that immunosuppression. So we're always worried about some sort of joint infection. Huge, big concern. That's the biggest thing we counsel about, right? Like we do not want this because it can be devastating. Things to look for in terms of like, well, Jordan, I don't know if I have an infection. Well, you'll have things like you'll have the joint will be red, hot, swollen. Usually this comes on a few days after the injection, like I said. And so we're, if you're looking, you get an injection, and then over the next couple of days, you start getting a huge joint. It's super painful. You get fever, stuff like that. That's not normal. Please, please go to the emergency department. But that's what we're looking for. And with a steroid, we always worry about that. On top of that, also, you can have some effect with your blood sugar. If you're a diabetic patient, when we inject um, a steroid, like I said, it's not like we're doing systemically, but some of it does get absorbed throughout your body, so you can have increases in your blood sugar. So like, p- patients who are have diabetes, they know that if they take steroids, it raises them. That, that can happen, so... On top of that, we can also also have something called a steroid flare. A steroid flare is essentially when you have an increase in pain after the injection. A lot of times this comes on maybe a couple hours after or the next day and you start having some increased pain. It's not like the worst pain in your life. It's not like you're having all the other things like you have with the septic arthritis or the risk of a joint infection, right? You're not having fevers, chills, anything like that. But you just have more achiness and just kind of, for some people, it can be a lot more than that. And so you have just increased level of pain, usually right after the injection within the next 24 hours. And that's kind of how we differentiate from an infection. So, But it can happen. Also, you can have some flushing as well you get facial flushing so you can get a little red there if we inject around a tendon it can weaken that tendon it'll potentially lead to rupture obviously we care about that if we're injecting close to the skin we can have thinning of the skin around the injection site and on top of that and we can also have lightening of the skin around the injection site so these are things that i'll counsel about all these different things it sounds like really scary when you say that like oh my gosh like why would anybody do this like i said the odds of these things are not very common especially the big bad scary stuff not very common that's going to happen but i want to make sure that every patient i talk to and every patient that i i you know provide care for understands these risks so that if they do happen they're like oh yeah i remember hearing about that and this is a possibility and so i just want everyone to be well informed so 
Moving on to indications. Like I said, if you go through the literature, if you search long enough, you're pretty much going to find it's used for almost any sort of musculoskeletal problem you can think of, really. Um, like I said, you think about it, there's probably a case study showing a steroid injection there. The biggest indication is probably arthritis still. You know, if you look for literature, you can find it used in the toe, ankle, knee, hip, shoulder, wrist, finger, elbow. I mean, you name it, there's probably a joint you can inject it into. In the back, there's lots of back injections as well. So there's lots and lots of areas that we can use it for. Like I said, a lot of times OA is still the big thing. Um, like I said, I think at the end of the day, we understand what this should be used for and that short-term relief, right? And so it's not like there's a lot of debate out there like, oh, like if you get a steroid injection, is it going to like regenerate anything? Like, no, we know that this is used typically for short-term relief. There are some other indications, that might get a longer response, but typically the way I think of this is that if we're getting a steroid injection, we are buying time for something else, whether that's buying time to do physical therapy more, buying time till we need to get a procedure, like an operation, buying time to get to this event. I don't know, like but essentially that's what we're buying time. That's kind of how I think about it. So we're not doing anything other than kind of kicking the can down the road a little bit. Like I said, this is usually not a, a long-term fix. Occasionally it can be, occasionally it can be, but usually it's not. So like I said, anybody who gets injection, I want them to think about, hey, this is something that's gonna be a short-term. And so in addition, obviously we know that's contratoxic. And so we kind of have to think about it. we're giving something that's contratoxic, so maybe degrading the joint cartilage. And then we know it's not going to be long lasting. So we really have to consider if a steroid injection is right for someone, right? This is not right for everybody in every situation. It can be used. I still use these quite frequently in the right situation. But like I said, we have to have a good conversation with everyone. They have to understand the risk and benefits. In terms of indication around tendons, there's lots of data looking at tendons. But overall, that doesn't mean it's a good idea just because there's lots and lots of data for it. You know, the big ones they specifically look at are the lateral epicondylopathy, so tennis elbow. We have lots of studies showing that we're probably going to have good short-term improvement with an injection. Like most things, when you get a steroid injection, it calms down and feels good. But pretty much all those improvements are gone by six months. And at 12 months, it actually may be worse than just placebo. So if you did nothing 12 months later, you might actually be worse. Rotator cuff too. A lot of times people say, hey, let's get a rotator cuff injection from um, with steroid and my shoulder's hurting me. Once again, possible short-term benefits, no real long-term benefits. If we move down to the Achilles and plantar, uh, or patellar tendon, excuse me, you know, once again, we see these short-term improvements, but we do not see the long-term ones. And so, like I said, I really, really try to avoid tendons with steroids, because as we know, one of the side effects is we can potentially weaken that tendon. And so if you're coming to me with a tendinopathic tendon, meaning that it's something's going on, we have some sort of pathology in the tendon, and then I inject steroid into it, it's not a good combo, because we've got a weakened, potentially, tendon already, and then we make it more weak with that, it just makes it more prone to rupture. And so. I, this is something I always, always have to talk and consult patients on. I'm pretty much never going to do this on a younger athlete and younger, meaning anyone who's still active and really working pretty hard and do all that stuff. Like to me, that's just not, the juice is not worth the squeeze. I think we have other better injections for tendon issues, but like I said, some people still get them and there is a time and place as long as we're counseled appropriately. But man, I'm just really cautious about this. I'm also really cautious about this when we are doing a weight bearing um, tendons, so especially specifically like, you know, quad tendon, patellar tendon, Achilles tendon, like, man, that's just a recipe for that I'm, I'm concerned for. And I worry about, I think said, uh, there's other injections we can try and therapy works really, really, really well. And so these are ones that I'm kind of a little cautious about. So another condition that I can use for is for frozen shoulder, also known as adhesive capsulitis. It seems like an intra-articular steroid injection is a little bit more beneficial, um, than just, you know, range of motion activities. So it does, it looks like there's some benefit there. That's a very challenging, um, condition to treat. And so sometimes we can do that. 
Another indication that we're moving on here, talking about trigger finger, and this is actually like one of the few times where I'd actually consider a steroid injection first line. Like first line means like not the first thing you walk the door. If you have a trigger finger, I'm gonna immediately do that. You know, there's always other things we can do like splinting and occupational therapy, that. But like I said, this is not one where I'm like, hey, we really have to try everything before we do a steroid injection because the data is pretty decent that it works really well. About 50% of people get a cure with the first injection of their trigger finger. So like I said, 50-50, that's pretty darn good for in terms of getting a cure lasting a long time. Like I said, that is not the case for arthritis. It's not like we're injecting in your knee with arthritis and getting a cure. That's not happening. So we get 50% on the first injection. That's pretty good. And then about 70-90% have a cure after more than one treatment. Like I said, and with follow-up in these studies I looked at, we're anywhere from 18 to 44 months. And so like I said, this is not necessarily curative forever, although that can be the case sometimes. But in terms of kicking the can 18 to 44 months down the road. Like, holy cow, that's a really, really good improvement. And that's something that I would definitely consider for most people. So like I said, and by the way, if you hear thunder, I apologize, but can't control the weather. And so trigger finger, one I think about too. Another one that I think about that I will do quite frequently is Dequervain's tendocinivitis. So this is in your wrist. This is the first dorsal compartment, essentially inflammation of that tendon sheath, sometimes known as mommy's wrist. A lot of times you see this in postpartum um, women who are now breastfeeding, carrying their baby all the time. They heard it just right on the dorsal side of the wrist. Very, very common. I said it's an injection where I will do steroid pretty quickly because there's pretty good data that it works and that it works for a long time. And like I said, that's kind of my threshold. If I think, hey, this is going to work for quite some time, then I'm like, hey, I'm I'm good to go. Let's try this. Whereas if I say, oh, like this will you know give you a couple months, then like I said, we'll talk about things. But like I said, these are ones the trigger finger and aquarians that I'm like, oh, let's absolutely do this. Another indication we can talk about is carpal tunnel syndrome. So like I said. It is efficacious for this when you get this injection. I said may be able to potentially delay surgery. Sometimes, in some cases, found that they actually didn't need to have surgery after having steroid injections. And once again, there are other options as well for carpal tunnel injections, but steroids seem to be pretty beneficial for that. And obviously, it's not like I'm just repeating this all the time, all the time. We're gonna have conversations, right? We'll talk more about each condition if we want to in future podcasts. But you know, my my theory is never to like just keep injecting, keep injecting, keep injecting. We always have an exit plan, right? Like if we're having to do that over and over, then we're probably talking to a surgeon about a carpal tunnel release. Once again, maybe effective in carpal tunnel as well, which I've had good success with. And on top of that, you know, like I said, it's always gonna be a personalized choice, like we've talked about. But like I said, those are kind of conditions. The general idea is if we're going for like arthritis type things or just aches and pains, usually we're not going to get long-term from it. Things like trigger finger to quavering, we actually might. And then carpal tunnel seems to be effective as well. Like I said, and you can go find steroids for literally everything. I mean, just think about a condition in the body. There's probably been a steroid injection done there. So like I said, there's lots and lots of data, but those are like the main use cases that I do in my practice. And that I see in the literature. And so moving on to our dosing, you know, we talk about what's a typical dose of the steroid. Well, here's the problem. There's no standard. It's a huge problem. There's so many formulations, right? There's so many forms of steroids, things like betamethasone, triamcinolone, dexamethasone, and each one comes with varying dosing. So we don't really seem to have a general consensus. And also there's no real rhyme or reason for it. Um, like I said, people will inject what they know, right? I've seen some people write notes saying, hey, I injected 80 milligrams of triamcinolone, which is quite a bit. It's like two big vials, so two, two cc's usually, which is a lot of steroid. And we've seen in a lot of the data that the more steroid you inject, the more effects you have in terms of like the chondrotoxicity and the weakening of the tendon. So like when we're injecting more, yeah, it's probably gonna be a little more powerful from an anti-inflammatory perspective, but it's also gonna be more powerful in terms of like weakening things. And so like I said, you'll see a wide, wide variety of who does what. And unfortunately, a lot of it's just like institutional knowledge. It's like, oh, this is how I train. This is what I do. And that's not a great way for why we do things that we shouldn't be doing it that way. But unfortunately, that is the way sports medicine kind of is sometimes. And so trying to understand, you know, standardization, that would be a huge, huge, huge problem. But we're working on it. And it's like I said, just very difficult. So 
Once again, my overall take for steroids is, like I said, we have to understand the typical results and the mechanism of steroid. Like I said, our typical results gives us a little bit of time, improvement, and eventually comes back. And the mechanism of the steroid is going to be, like I said, short-term. We're decreasing inflammation, but also immunosuppression, so we have to understand that. Typically, when I think about this, this is used as a stopgap, temporary stopgap, not a long-term fix. And we have to counsel our patients appropriately. So I'm going to talk to everyone and say, hey, this is not fixing anything, but it might calm things down. Like I say, a very use case, you know, very common thing that I'll say is, hey, you know, we're, we're just really, really angry, right? Like something's flared up and, you know, they're just like, I can't like do anything. It hurts so bad. Like this is one where I was like, okay, like it's reasonable to get an injection. We talk about it, talk about the risk benefits, understand, hey, this is a bridge to get you going. This is kind of the analogy I talk with patients all the time. I ask them if they're from the North or the South here in America, because it kind of helps change the analogy. So if they're from the North, like I am initially, I say, you know, have you ever been stuck in the snow before? Most people say, yeah, I've been stuck in the snow before. Ever knows that when you're stuck in the snow, you're hammering down the gas pedal and your wheels are just spinning, 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 spinning. And all it takes is a friend to come up behind you, give you a little push, and then you get out and you're you're good to go. That being said, did that push do everything? Well, no, the vast majority of the work was done by the car, right? We just need that little push. That's how I explain physical therapy and injections, with physical therapy being the car and injections being your friend coming to push you out, right? So the car does most of the work. Physical therapy does most of the work most of the time when we're getting better from injuries. And every once in a while, we just need a little push, right? From our friend, or in this instance, a steroid to kind of help get us in the right direction. Because sometimes we kind of stall out, people are on therapy, they're not quite getting there, they're just really, really sensitive and really kind of just flaring up. We put a little steroid in there that calms things down and helps them progress better than they move past that plateau. That's like my ideal use for steroids. Can definitely do that. Like I said, I think it's very reasonable. You know, how often you're doing that, that's another question. If you, you shouldn't be doing that a bunch of different times, but it's something to consider as well. So, like I said, overall though, the biggest things I'm gonna recommend in terms of hey, like I'll pull this before other things is things like trigger finger, dequervins, tenosynovitis. Those are the two where I'm like, okay, I think it's pretty darn reasonable. Everything else have risk best risk and benefit discussions. Like I said, they're not unreasonable for most things, but those are the ones where I'm like, mm, I think we'll get really good effect and I haven't seen amazing results in other things. So like I said, I'm not eager to inject steroids on anybody, but we will if it's right for the you know, right situation for the patient. And once again, everyone's different and everyone deserves kind of a, a thorough discussion and understanding of the risks and benefits. And that's kind of how I approach this. So. So I really appreciate you hanging around another short, sweet one here. If you would, it'd mean the world if you'd like, comment, subscribe, or share this with a friend. That'd mean so much to me. Now, get off the internet. Go enjoy the rest of the day. Thanks for tuning in. Disclaimer. This podcast is for entertainment, education, and informational purposes only. The topics discussed should not solely be used to diagnose, treat, or prevent any condition. The information presented here was created with an evidence-based approach, but please keep in mind that science is always changing, and at the time of listening to this, there may be some new data that makes this information incomplete or inaccurate. Always seek the advice of your personal physician or qualified healthcare provider for questions regarding any medical condition.